0: Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator, and in this podcast we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. Over these last couple months, I've been exploring astrologically informed self-care by looking at this topic through each of the 12 natal moon placements. I knew I'd be finishing up around cancer season, which is a perfect time to reach the culmination point of this topic. We've got two moons left, Aquarius and Sagittarius. I'm making a point with this podcast not to always start with the beginning or end of the zodiac, Or proceed in a linear fashion. Instead, for this topic, I've been allowing time to dictate my moon selection for each episode. And today is July 14th, 2022, and the moon has just shifted into Aquarius, leaving Capricorn. Otherwise, in the astrological weather this week, we have been settling into Cancer season for a while now also with Mercury co-present, the Sun as well in Cancer, and Mars is now into Taurus. And I've been keeping an eye on the Taurus and Aquarius section of my natal chart and will continue to hold this in my awareness as Saturn continues to retrograde through the end of the Aquarius degrees. And over the next few months, will again in line and get in touch with uranus so i don't really feel like we've been out of that influence at all in the last two years but there's this crescendoing that happens again as we go through the next couple months with the saturn square uranus transit this will increase in amplitude is kind of my thought on that so i am looking at the parts of my chart that are affected The parts of my chart where Uranus is, which is the Taurus section, and Saturn, and this is the Aquarius section of my chart. So perhaps this is also going to be highlighted, I think, the Saturn square Uranus that is augmenting or amplifying itself through the next couple months by the solar and lunar eclipses that will be happening at the end of October and beginning of November. So if you want to understand more or learn more about the Saturn square Uranus transit, you can head back to the beginning episodes of this podcast. So this was the original beginning uh, segments and sessions of this podcast were on Saturn square Uranus through each of the rising sign. And this, you know, the first 12 to 14 episodes explore in depth the transit of 2021 through 2022 by rising sign. So that's a good time to go back to those. So in short, if this is new to you, hearing about Saturn square Uranus, you can look to your chart, identify what house in your natal chart are represented again by Aquarius and Taurus. And then make a note, what are the themes of those houses for you? So a square aspect generally indicates a kind of friction or irritation like two different energies coming together without much natural agreement inherently but remember friction does create a sort of uh, rubbing together and this could be productive possibly try thinking about friction points and how these areas of your life may be experiencing some rubbing together or friction perhaps in the Taurus section of the chart where Uranus is transiting, you feel an urge to do things like rebel, revolutionize, innovate, or break free. Maybe in the Aquarius section of the chart, you could feel awareness of your limitation, burdens, slowing down, or wanting to pressure, or or wanting to um, work through pressure, or preserve, or hold on to old order or tradition. These are just some of the key words that can be represented by Saturn, and Saturn is in Aquarius. By their nature, Uranus and Saturn, as you may have intuitively guessed or know, are archetypal energies that can potentially indicate a friction between freedom and established order. What other words or images or feelings could you associate with the archetype of Saturn, and with the archetype of Uranus. Saturn is actually the traditional ruler of Aquarius, so it is fairly strong or at home in this fixed air element of the sign. Now, if we shift our focus to the moon, it's safe to say, I think, that the moon is not quite as at home or comfortable in the sign of Aquarius when compared to Saturn. This doesn't mean it doesn't work or can't do its job. It's just that there are some translations that need to occur between the moon's archetypal nature and the environment or home place of Aquarius. Aquarius is fixed in its modality, and its element is air. The moon, by its nature, is changeable. It moves quickly. It changes. Play a moon in Aquarius. In your mind, just kind of put that there, the moon. Now play with it. What you know about the moon, in the home of Aquarius, just fixed air. So it creates an airspace where the moon becomes subject to the qualities of fixed air, and air is kind of like civil, rational, detached, structured, and communal. There's many other things too, but those are some big points. The moon in our natal chart is an indicator of many things. One of them is our emotional processing style. Second is our soma or our body mind. Third is what we need to feel emotionally nourished. And fourth, the moon represents the perception of our mother or primary care person. And that's a lot. So the moon's really important. And it's too much to cover in one podcast episode. So what we're going to do is pare it down and focus on emotional nourishment or moon as an indicator or gateway to what we need to feel emotionally nourished. But I will say, can you sense how all of these things are related? Emotional nourishment, perception of the primary care figure or mother and the Soma. So the body mind, the condition of the body mind and emotional processing how we digest and perceive our primary care person is related in some sense it's also related to what we need to emotionally nourish ourselves i like to make note and give each of us the agency back into ourselves for the process possibility and agency around self-care and nourishment this is because each of us if we are alive and we're listening to this have already had many successes in growing and nourishing ourselves into life. It is the whole intelligent cells that grew, shaped, and divided, and specialized themselves to become our human form. There's wisdom there. And our human form already had a body or an innate intelligence that grew us or showed us how to play or learn our way into sitting and crawling and walking. So the nourishment and wisdom is present already. So that's this basic global nourishment and wisdom. We have a human blueprint. And if we're listening to this, we are here. So there are things that are working out for us, working very well. So even if we had an early environment, like a womb or a home or a mother or a school or whatever your environment was growing up that felt maladaptive or malnourishing later on, I'm suggesting that we also could view nourishment as the inherent body wisdom placed first or at least alongside with our environmental conditions. Both are real and both have influence. If you have an Aquarius moon, before we move forward, what are some keywords you associate with Aquarius or the Aquarius moon? We'll take a look at this in more detail as we move forward. If we were to think about emotional nourishment for an Aquarius moon, we would look to elements of air. An Aquarius moon might be nourished by a rational or logical perception or processing of emotions. It may feel nourishing to be somewhat detached and global from the wateriness or turbulence of raw emotional processing. Outside of emotional processing, an Aquarius moon might be nourished By thinking outside the box, by philosophies or global thought processes or ideas, by big picture, and by considering humanity and the collective, especially how to forward something or innovate, perhaps a new technique or technology, maybe an interest in science, inventions. There could be nourishment in considering abstract ideas or concepts like brotherhood, community, collective consciousness, relativity, or interconnectedness. An Aquarius moon may feel nourished by by nurturing a detached perspective and working individually to benefit or add to or innovate the collective body of knowledge. Or maybe this perspective or want of space could lead to a personal immersion in books, studying, or researching. Researching and engaging with a body of knowledge may feel enriching and energizing, or even being involved in a community, either in person or online, that is focused on a large scope project or goal to benefit community or society. Committee work can be a powerful way to engage with leading edge thought and innovation as well as study groups or joining with other like minds. But I want to say, you know, joining with other like minds that in their own way are unique or have their novelty to them. So there's a great combination in this moon to both be aware of structure and radicalizing or revolutionizing or wanting to innovate structure. So there's an eye to structure, but also this energy or this Um, idea or ideal to be unique, to be free to be who you are, to express your quirks and even some unusual, but perhaps, again, revolutionary thought processes. As you can feel or see, hopefully by now, that we have used the Aquarian elements of fixed air and its planetary ruler Saturn to apply to the qualities of the moon. In ideas of nourishment for an Aquarius moon, we can always go to consider um to what would feel good to an air element. So again, air would be things like communal perspectives, rational, spreading, sharing. So these ideas or aspects of air can apply to an Aquarius moon. And although there's an element of detachment to the moon, there is also an eye towards connection, but often through ideas or a cosmopolitan philosophical, theoretical, or conceptual sense, if that makes sense, rather than that kind of one-to-one, deep, raw, emotional connection. If you have an Aquarius moon, what of that resonates with you, and what else would you add? In regards to the perception of the primary care person, it is possible that this person was perceived as somewhat detached or cruel or even cold in their feeling or emotions. Maybe more of a logically minded person, perhaps involved in research or in science, but maybe just sciency in their approach to life, like investigative or maybe quirky in their ways that they were viewing things. Perhaps. This person was a reader, somebody who backed up and lived life by reading about it through books. They may be an innovator or very good with thinking outside the box in matters of the home or work or even in the family. There may have been some quirks or eccentricities or oddities associated with the mother or primary care person. Things that may have stood out as unconventional or unique. Maybe even a sense of this person being ahead of their time. Maybe a tinkerer, someone who could take an old order or tradition and make something new out of it. Building or being able to usher forth or imagine new structures can be a gift of lots of Aquarian placements. Engineering, science, inventions, innovations in medicine and technology, and don't forget historical fiction, being able to look at structures of the past and bring them forward in an innovative new way. If you have an Aquarius moon, it's possible that the mother figure or primary care person was perceived as someone in some way either either through thought, work, or imagination on the leading edge, or a creator of novelty, new ways of being, an initiator of new realities. Consider the way that you perceive or have perceived the primary care person or mother is part of you as well. Notice if you know your primary care person or mother's chart, was there a lot of Aquarian placements, so, Or rather, was this person actually like that? Or did you perceive them to be like that? Or is it a little bit of both? The way we perceive is linked to what we we are looking for emotionally to nourish us. If we grew up looking at our primary care person as cutting edge or unique or quirky, some of these ideas or aspects may be nourishing to ourselves as we age, as we come more into our own moon. So you might be able to try out a few of these ideas as a thought exercise. Try a few of these on for size. Look at some of the characteristics or ways that you perceived your primary care person or mother. And then you may play with this quality and decide, does this also feel nourishing in a way to me? So if we perceived once again our primary care person as being eccentric, if you take that word back, eccentricity, is that something that you value? Does it feel good to expressed your novelty or your eccentricities is that something that feels nourishing to you so let a few of these experiments fly and see if you want to move towards some of them and remember if it doesn't feel good or it's hard to reach for try something else and just kind of play around with some of these ideas as we start to think our way into how could an aquarius moon be consciously nourished Okay, any good ideas so far? I know it's likely that you have some great ideas in there. But in this last section, if you're still kind of wanting to listen in and nothing's quite coming to the surface yet in your thoughts, we'll explore some practical possible ideas for self-care and nourishment for Moon and Aquarius. So again, feel free to take, weave, and amend as you like. These are meant as ideas, and once you get started, you can use your own emotional wisdom or guidance to know how to navigate these adventures, add to them, kind of subtract from them. If one feels interesting, exciting, or inspires curiosity, you are on the right track. So, those are some good keywords for emotional nourishment. If you have an Aquarius moon, you might consider looking into a typical week of your life and noticing how many windows for big picture thinking or a detachment exists for you. So if it helps you to make a flow chart or kind of write that out, like days of the week, Monday through Sunday, typically what does that look like? When do you get to do your remote viewing or take a few steps back from micro-focusing or emotionally charged scenarios? If you live with a family or with others or work with people directly, like going to work or school with others or classes, Do you have windows or spaces where you can detach your mind and feelings and go broad? You may like to set up a date with yourself or go on a daily or weekly walk, visit a library or a special spot in nature. Another way of working with this is perhaps take a short daily nap that can help nourish the desire of your Aquarius moon to experience a larger or more detached viewpoint. And naps are really great ways to detach as well as uh, meditation. So thinking about sitting or being in a place where you're able to just breathe or allow the present moment to filter through you. So you're stepping away from being intertwined and kind of taking a step back. Speaking of journals or dream journals, you might consider Setting up a dream journal by your bed or place where you nap or meditate and spend some time writing, doodling, or recording insights from your dreams. You may carry this over into useful inspiration for your creative projects or in your day to day affairs. Connecting with dreams and insights can also help keep a connection with the larger collective unconscious of humanity as well as keep you in touch with the larger part of your unconsciousness. The personal unconscious. Sometimes our greatest insights to aid humanity or solve problems or even work out something within an emotional situation can come from surprising sources or they can almost be channeled from being in connection with that dream space or that larger collective space. And finally, another way to nourish your Aquarius moon is to take yourself out on observational or curiosity dates. So what does this mean you ask? Well, it's kind of like taking yourself out uh, on an artist date, just being with yourself. But before you go, be intentional about it. You might want to spend some time uh, prior to going out, maybe just a, you know, 20 minutes of writing to identify some of the large picture questions you have in your life. So what are the questions that have guided you in your life? Um, What are some things that you're currently interested in? Do you have some questions that really feel like they've developed and that you're you're inquiring about and don't be shy to let these be you can write silly questions you can write um you know what is the meaning of life so they can be very broad or you know why do humans do the things we do so let yourself just free form on some questions and if you are already working with research or science or um in the arts or something you may have a question that's quite specific to your domain let yourself write these questions, and then set up a scenario or date for yourself where you can sit or walk and observe and gather that information. So silly example, you may have a large question, why do people love ice cream so much? So what you actually do is pick a time in a day to take your journal, take some drawing supplies, take your notes, and just go and sit and observe. Um, People watching and place watching can be really nourishing and you don't have to take it too serious, but if you want to, you can. You can draw and write about your observations. But you can see this idea here that it it can be powerful to be in touch with the questions that move you, the big questions that you're living and in the current of. And if you're somebody who is more extroverted or likes to interact with people, you might identify the people in your life that you can share conversations about these big questions with if you're not already involved in them with your work or, you know, with your partnership or other people in your life. So like, where can you go to even, you know, talk about some of these larger ideas? And so whether these questions lead you to work in the world or not, they can actually be vehicles for you to stay connected with yourself and nourished in the name of your Aquarius moon. Until next time, breathe deep, linger long.